guys, this is Carrie Fullerton Professional Organizing, and I'm dressed in my little flannel shirt today. It's cold here. It doesn't get cold that often, so it's nice to be able to wear some of my winter clothes. This t-shirt with the, I mean, this uh, flannel shirt with the ruffles happens to be cabby. It's a home, um... It's a business that comes in and shows you their clothes, and um, you get it's a home party type atmosphere. But uh, I love it, and I finally get to wear it because usually here it's super, 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 super hot. But today we are going to talk about um, Melissa Russell. Now. Her ideas that we're going to talk about today are no different than a lot of the um, or, uh, decluttering and organizing podcasts that I have uh, done in the past. A lot of the her ideas are the same, and you're going to find that the theme to decluttering and organizing is, is repetitive. It's something, you know, you're going to find that there are different ways to doing things for every person and techniques work differently for each person, but the basics are the same. So one of the things that she talks about is a lot of people, what a lot of people do is they just, they don't want to let go of anything. They just want it organized. But they've run out of room, so they're constantly shuffling and moving things around all the time. Always trying to figure out a better, uh, uh, it's kind of like, um, you know, always trying to fit the pegs into the right spot and if I move it around just just right or I move it this way or if I adjust it this way it'll all fit but the problem with that is once you get it all fit like a puzzle piece when you pull out one item it all changes and so then when you want to put that item back either one you're not going to put it back, you're going to procrastinate, you're going to lay it down, or you're going to have to reorganize that space all over again just so that one little item or puzzle piece will fit back um, where you are trying to basically hide it instead of organize it. Okay, so a big obstacle when you're decluttering is getting stuck moving things around instead of decluttering. Rather than getting rid of some items, you find yourself moving items from one space to a different space or even trying to organize the space better so you keep more stuff. You don't have an organization problem. You have a stuff problem. <clears throat> Because when you, like I said, you're just going to have to keep organizing it over and over and over and over it. For my home, for me, 
And what I tell my clients is if we organize something and it is easy for it to be maintained for a whole year, then that's the system that worked. If we organize something and it's hard to maintain by the end of the year, then we need to figure out another system. And sometimes it's decluttering and, and, and adding too much stuff back into the space, but sometimes it can be just the bins, baskets. Maybe they just weren't configured uh, uh, in a way that was easy to maintain. I've had that happen to me. Um, you know, under my kitchen sink, the bins were just, it just wasn't configured properly. So when I reconfigured it to make things easier. Someone was detected at your front door. Sorry, if you heard that, that was my uh, doorbell. Um, but, and I had to fix it. And now my under the sink in the kitchen stays uh, nice and neat. Now, do I have to kind of tidy it up? Yes, but tidying and completely reorganizing are two different things, okay? So now the next thing she says is giving in to the just-in-case fears. Yes, that's a, a, a thing with all uh, organizers find that clients and ourselves, you know, sometimes we struggle with that too, but we struggle to let go of some things because you're thinking you just might need it. You haven't used it in a while, but somebody might say something, want something done, and you need that item to do, you know, the thing, <laughs> whatever that thing is. But I heard Peter Walsh say, and this completely changed my mindset, was that if you have an item that you really aren't using, you really don't love, you haven't used it, but you have that thing in the back of your mind, what if I need it? Most of the t items can be repurchased at Goodwill or the thrift store. And in my mind, that just changed my whole thinking. I was like, oh yes. That spoon that I thought that I haven't been using, but what if I have a party and I need an extra spoon? Well, there you go. I can pick that item up and maybe even a better item at Goodwill for pennies. It won't cost me that much to replace it, okay? So, now, uh, fear is one of the biggest things that keep clients or hanging on to clutter, especially the just-in-case fears like we just mentioned. Um, so she says, and I agree, that sometimes all you have to do is say, okay, what if I did get rid of this? What is the worst case scenario? And then I've told you in other podcasts, also you think, Okay, in that worst case scenario, what is, would there be something else that I could use in its place? Um, you know, maybe it's a spoon you don't use, 
but maybe you have a, I don't know, a fork or a knife that can stir it just as easily. Now, I'm just using the, those items as an example. You know, I know we use our spoons and forks and knives, but I'm just using that as an example off the top of my head because I'm doing this podcast and and that's just what came to mind. But um, but another thing is, now, here's what I did because uh, of my kitchen, okay? I heard um, Minimal Mom talk about only keeping enough dishes in your kitchen for each person in your that lives in your home. That was great because, one, that holds you accountable for getting those dishes done on a daily basis because you have to use them the next day. Plus, so you're not piling them up all day long. You have to wash them before you use them. Therefore, you're not allowing them, you're not procrastinating and allowing them to kind of pile up. I know some of you don't have that problem. Some of you clean as you go and you don't have that problem. But other people do have that problem. They will let them soak for hours or they will wait till the next morning to wash the dishes. Um, You know, everybody's in a different place. So anyway, um, I, and, and I think I've used this example before. My, if you have a person in your home that constantly gets a new cup out of the cabinet throughout the day, and they've used three cups all day long, um, then those are extra cups that you have to wash. Where I encourage the fam- my family members to use the same cup all day long. Sure, rinse it out, wash it yourself, but use it all day long instead of every time you get a drink, getting another cup out of the cabinet. And I know you have, if you have children, that's what they do. They just keep getting cups out of the cabinet. Um, or I would finish all the dishes and then my son would realize, oh, mom just did all the dishes. I better bring all my cups from the, my coffee cups from the bedroom. And then I'd have 10 or five to 10 coffee cups in my clean sink that I just washed all the dishes. So I took that advice. I got rid of all of my dishes except for one per family member in the home. But when I did that, and the reason I started this whole little part here is when I did that, I realized, you know what? I don't even know which cooking utensils I use and don't use because they've all they've been in my drawer. They've always been in my drawers. Yes, they're organized. Yes, I have a place for them, but do I really use all of them? So what I did was I grabbed all the things that I knew for a fact that I use on a pretty much daily basis. I took all of the rest and put them in a plastic bag in a little bin and put them in the garage. And as I needed those items, I went to the garage and took them out as they came to mind as something that I needed. At the end of the year, anything that I did not take out of the, back out of the garage and put in my drawer, I was able to realize, okay, I did not use these. 
and I was able to let them go. Now, and I'm not talking about super, super expensive items. I have a bread maker that I only use at Christmas, but I all I use it every Christmas because I like to gift cinnamon rolls to my uh, co-workers or my Bible study ladies or my, now that I have my own business, um, it'll be my husband's co-workers. You know, I like to uh, bake for people for Christmas. Uh, so that is something, if you even know for a fact that you use it every year, hold on to it. But if you've stopped using something, sometimes it's e easier to know what you've stopped using when you put it away somewhere and, and see if you forget about it. If you forget about it, then you're not using it. So that is my um, thoughts on that. So um, think of those worst case scenarios. What would happen, you know? If you did get rid of it, what is the worst thing that could happen? And then keep the item for three months, six months, a year, but out of the way somewhere. And then at the end of that time, and you can set a timer if you tend to forget to look at that and check on that. But if you haven't used or needed the item by then, let it go and you already time tested it for yourself. Okay, so, and another thing that comes about with um, decluttering and organizing, sometimes is it's very, very overwhelming. Uh, she says, you feel so overwhelmed, you feel paralyzed and don't know where or how to begin. Now, for me, even house cleaning was like that for me when I was a kid growing up. So, as I grew up, I started looking at cleaning my room. Um, of course, you know, this is all before I got married and before I became a, an adult. But I use the same technique for my children. Especially since when you're children, you do tend to leave a lot of trash in your in your room. I'm just talking about you, you start homework and you realize, no, that's not, and you wad it up and, you know, you may throw it on the floor. You know, whatever kids do to accumulate homework trash and, and journal trash, magazine trash, arts and craft trash, you know, just stuff that they just leave laying around instead of throwing away. So I always tell people, start with the trash. Now, as grown-ups, I say, start with the things you already know you're ready to let go of. If you have to think about it, put it aside. But if you don't have to think about it, let it go. You already know you don't use it, want it, etc. And for kids, it's trash. Then I will tell the kids, close. Because everyone knows kids, for some reason, love to throw their clothes on the floor. So once they've picked up all the trash and all the clothes, they see a big change in their bedroom. Now, as adults, sometimes we say, start with making the bed. Making the bed makes a big impact on the way the overwhelm looks in your space. Once your bed is made, your room looks cleaner. Once the things that you know for sure are out of the space, it looks cleaner. Once you hang up 
fold, put your dirty clothes in the dirty clothes. Once you clear out all the clothes that's on the floor, the, the chair, etc., or if it's overflowing the closet and you let go of some clothes to where your closet isn't stuffed, packed full, and you don't have clothes dropped on the floor, let that's where you start. You let go of what is overflow first, okay? So start with the little things and build up. Start with the easy things and build up. Um, so her ideas were stop looking at the amount of work ahead of you as a whole. Instead, break it down into small bite-sized projects. And we've talked about this over and over and over and over. You can uh, bite-sized projects that you can tackle one at a time to get the work done. Now, a lot of organizers want you to take every single piece of clothing you have and put it on your bed and go through it. That's not how I work because that is too overwhelming for my clients. It's too overwhelming for anyone. Now, let me take that back. If that's how you like to do it and you're able to go through that process quickly and not be overwhelmed, then that is the perfect project for you. But if it overwhelms you to do that, then you need to break it down. You can go through all your socks first. You can then go through all your underwear first, second, then your pajamas, then your, you know, t-shirts, your jeans. Take it bite-sized pieces. And I'm just using clothes as an example, but that is um, breaking it down into bite-sized pieces. Make a list of small tasks that you can tackle to declutter a room. Break the work down into one drawer, one shelf, one cupboard, one basket, one pile, one section, then tackle these small projects one at a time. Only focus on the current task rather than everything in the space. Uh, and, and other tricks when you're overwhelmed is maybe just set a timer for 10 to 15 minutes. Depends on how much time that you feel like you can do. If you can only do five minutes or 10 minutes, 15, do 30, do an hour. Even an hour, you know, is just one hour if you have the time. Um, or you can break it down into something different. Like I can find 10 things to get rid of. I can find 50 things to get rid of. You know, whatever number of things you can look for that doesn't automatically make you feel overwhelmed. Okay. Now, if you feel like you don't have time to even take five, sorry, excuse me, five minutes or 10 minutes, then do it this way. When you're getting ready in the morning and you're putting on makeup, while you're putting on your makeup, get rid of the stuff that you know you don't use um, or that's just sitting there. When you're making dinner or making coffee, go through a drawer and see how much stuff you can get rid of just in the time it takes to make the cop for the coffee to brew or for the dinner to get ready. You can stack 
that's called habit stacking. You can stack these habits on. Um, when you're folding laundry, if you see that it's something that, you know, has a hole in it, you can go ahead and get rid of it. Or if the stain didn't come out, you can get rid of it. Um, you can take advantage or have a donation bin in your closet. I've said this many, 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 many times. Have your a donation bin in every closet so when they do get dressed and they find something didn't fit or they didn't like it or it has a hole or they're just ready to get rid of it, they can just put it in that donation bin and have a collection ready for um, when you go to the donation center the next time. Um, or when you're picking up or tidying around the house, if you've picked up a basket full of stuff and you realize that these items aren't used or they're broken, you can get rid of them. But usually if you're wearing it or it's lying around the house, you're using it. But, um, I guess during that time you can look for other things that aren't being used while you're tidying up. Uh, and she goes back to that 10 minutes a day or 10 things in the living room, 10 things in the bedroom, etc. But sometimes you have to schedule time for decluttering. Even if you just schedule one hour a week or one hour a month or, you know, or one closet a week, you know, schedule that in. If you Sometimes if you don't schedule it, you won't do it. And then there's burnout. And we already talked about that a little bit with the over overwhelm. Um, you know, if you're in the middle of a decluttering project and you get, start getting tired, just take a break. If you feel overstimulated, take a break. Um, avoid burning yourself out again by working on small decluttering tasks at a time. Sorting through a space can often make a bit of a mess while you're in the midst of it. This is another reason why tackling smaller decluttering tasks can be helpful. All right. And then there's perfectionism. Or maybe maybe you, your home doesn't look like a magazine after one afternoon of decluttering. You feel like what you are doing isn't working. Well, slow progress is still progress. Your home doesn't have to look like a magazine to serve you well. The key is creating a home that looks, feels, and functions in a way you love, no matter how it looks to anyone else. It doesn't have to be Pinterest perfect. It doesn't even have to be in rainbow order. Although, I do have to add, if you do like things to look pretty, sometimes that does keep you motivated to keep it maintained. But, um, but that has to be your personality. Work with your personality and what functions for your family. If you have little bitties, you may not be able to do Pinterest perfect because you have too many littles around. Okay? You can be Pinterest perfect when you're an empty nester. <laughs> but anyway, another thing that keeps us um, from having a 
a an organized or decluttered lifestyle is we hold on to old um, a big part of decluttering and and embracing a clutter-free home is shifting your own habits behaviors patterns and beliefs some of it's a mindset for example you might hold a limited limiting belief that tells you that you're a messy and disorganized person it's just the way you are until you let go of that limiting belief you might have a really hard time taking ownership of your home and the way you maintain it. You know, you can say, I am a work in progress instead of I am disorganized. You can say, I'm getting better and better every day. Um, you know, you don't have to lie to yourself and say you're Pinterest perfect or your house looks like a magazine or, or the opposite negative things. You can just say, I'm getting better and better. My home's looking better and better. My home functions the way it needs to function, um, and etc. If your habit or pattern of hab behavior is to shop when you feel sad, mad, lonely, etc., make a list of some things that you can do to make yourself happy instead of shopping. Maybe it's listening to a funny podcast. Maybe it's watching a funny movie. Maybe it's um, eating a sugar-free dessert. I have to say sugar-free because then you've got other issues if you constantly go to food. But, um, you know, eat some your favorite popcorn, you know, um, do just make a list of things that make you happy that you can do in place of buying lots of stuff. The other thing is to build habits and maintaining and tidying up your home regularly. Like I said, the habit stacking, every time you make coffee, see how much you can get done while the coffee's being made or cooking dinner or baking cookies. How much can you get done in the kitchen while your cookies are baking? Um, especially since you have to kind of keep an eye on things anyway sometimes when you're cooking. Um, the key is, oh, and knowing and a tendency to hold on to a lot of stuff just in case, or maybe you're still learning the skill of identifying what clutter is. Noticing clutter you've gone clutter blind to. Um, and the key is to first notice what patterns, habits, and behaviors, and limiting beliefs are impacting you and your relationship with the stuff you own. Once you've identified them, then you can start to change them to better support you and the lifestyle you want to live. Now, it's easy for you to get attached to your stuff. Some people are very attached to their items um, because the stuff you own becomes a part of your identity or, may, or a way of showing the world who you are. You have to remember 
It's easy to use stuff to give you, you feelings of self-worth or success. But you just have to remember that you are not what you own. You are also not what you do. If you are very good at being an elementary teacher and for some reason you um, get laid off and you have to learn to do something else, you have to remember, yes, you may be a teacher, but you are not, the teacher is not who you are. You can learn other skills and you can learn another trade. It is not your identity. So, um, and it's same with your stuff. If pretty things is what makes you feel pretty, you have to learn to love yourself and realize that your self-worth is not just in the pretty things. Yes, it's nice to have pretty things, but if you keep buying pretty things every time you feel unattractive instead of loving yourself and being happy with who you are, then you're going to have a house full of pretty stuff, but then your house is going to be so full that you can't even walk through it. I learned that from uh, a hoarder's heart video. She talked about how her traumatic life led her to believe she was not pretty and she was not worthy and so she filled her home with so much stuff that it was up to the ceiling. Now, we're not just talking about, um, you know, filthy, nasty hoarder homes like the ones you've seen on TV either. We're just talking about clean homes, but they just have so much stuff that they have it stop, they have it a trail leading to the front door because they bought all this stuff that just makes them feel happy. And then once that wears off, they have to buy something else to make them feel happy. Now, I got that from Hoarder's Heart. I did not make that up myself. It's not a judgment. It's not a criticism. It's what a hoarder goes through because of trauma in their life that made them feel unworthy and um, we talked about that in Hoarders, uh, when we talked in the last video, I believe. And you can go find that in my uh, list of podcasts. But it's not, um, yes, this is a non-judgment zone. It's just some facts that I'm sharing with you about identity. And then you've got the sentimental clutter where um, your memories aren't in the stuff you own. Grandma's table is not grandma. I l recently had to let go of grandma's table because the wood was just falling apart in chunks. So I had to get rid of it. I did keep one chair, but... It's also great if you want to remember grandma and that table, you can take a picture of it and put it in a scrapbook next to grandma and then you have that memory. Just because you're getting rid of an item doesn't mean the memory is going to disappear. 
So that memories are not in the stuff you own. Your memories are in your heart and mind and will always be there. All right, now there's the guilty clutter. If you, it can be guilt over money spent on something, but you just never use it, like my treadmill. It can be guilt over a gift you received, but you didn't use, need, or like it. Maybe it was red and your house is pink. Or, I don't know, that I pulled out of a hat. But you know what I mean. It's completely a color that clashes with your home. And uh, it's something that is just decorative and it just sits there and you don't use it. And yet someone gave it to you. Well, you can keep it for a while. But when you're ready to let go, it's the, your item. You can let go. It's your home. If you don't use it. It needs to go to someone else that will use it. If something isn't adding value to your life, get rid of it and trust that you're doing the best thing for you. Um, another thing is some people overvalue every item in their home. People overvalue the things they own, making it difficult to let go of them. Keep reminding yourself that items should earn a place in your home because you use it, need it, or love it. Now, um, you also need to have clear goals so you know exactly why you're decluttering your home. Well, what do you want your home to look like? What do you value? Why do you value it? What do you want it to look like? Set your big overall decluttering goals first. Give yourself something specific to work towards. Like this bedroom is no longer a bedroom because I have two empty bedrooms. So one of them is going to be an office. So you declutter one of the bedrooms and you turn it into an office. So you keep all the office stuff. That's what I mean. You have a specific goal for a specific space and you keep only the items that are needed in that space. Now, of course, if it's going to be a guest bedroom slash office, then you divide it into zones. This is the office zone. This is the bedroom, guest bedroom zone and you keep only what is needed in those two zones. So that is what we mean by having a big goal so you know exactly where you're going. You've made a roadmap, you've made a plan. Because um, no plan, and then uh, the last one is no plan to maintain your decluttered space. Well, you gotta make plans to maintain it. Once you've cleared the clutter, you also need a plan to maintain your home and keep it simplified and functioning well. Plan to do regular maintenance decluttering sessions. Again, you may have to uh, schedule that in. Um, she says, Pat, uh, here are some other things that keep you from decluttering. Past self or future self. What you, um, you know, it could be things that you kept uh, from a, a previous marriage or maybe things you keep in case you lose weight. It may, or 
it could be something that you keep in case you gain weight again and you don't want to repurchase all a whole nother wardrobe. Decluttering is a skill. Have a clear vision. Don't hold on to things for your future self. And here's a good one. Buying or holding on to things that may be worth money someday in the future. Those are also struggles for some. Burnout, we talked about. Um, all right, let's, let's do a little review. We've already gone into 36 minutes, so let me see if I can do a quick review. Melissa Russell shares with us common challenges we face when decluttering and exactly what to do to overcome them so we can reach decluttering goals. Small consistent actions add up. Declutter a little each day or as you go about your day. Now, Melissa Russell says, as an introvert and highly sensitive person, home is her favorite place to be. So, she's thankful that decluttering and simplifying have allowed her to create a home that feels nourishing to her and gives her the freedom to spend her time and energy on what she loves most, is her home. Now, the, here's some quick things that she has to say. When you clear the clutter, you'll spend less time managing her home and taking care of the stuff, freeing up time for more important things. Research your options before you declutter. Research where you're going to drop off your donations, where you're going to resell thing, items, and find out what they accept and what their hours are so that you have that plan ahead of time. Keeping something just in case is often fear of regret or not having enough. You can't organize clutter. It's just a temporary solution that doesn't get to the root of the problem. Decluttering is a skill you get better at the more you do it. It's normal to take multiple rounds of decluttering. She says, don't wait for motivation. It may never come. Have a plan and just start decluttering. Find ways to make decluttering fun. You can listen to your favorite music or challenge a family member to a decluttering contest. Don't wait for perfection. Start with one small task in an easy area and build your decluttering skills. Don't let feelings of guilt keep you trapped into keeping clutter. If it was a gift, focus on the purpose of the gift. If the gift was given in love, and you showed appreciation and purpose of the gift was fulfilled. When decluttering sentimental items, take pictures of the items or repurpose them. When decluttering items from your past, remember that season of life, but acknowledge that life is different now. All right, guys, that is it. I wanted to share with you a little bit from Melissa Russell, and I'll leave some information about her in the description. And since we're already at 39 minutes, I will say goodbye until tomorrow on our next podcast. Thanks for watching.